Greetings and salutations, all you beautiful people, and welcome to another episode of Art of the Beholder, a show dedicated to all things eclectic in the world of art, where we do deep dives into deep cuts and help you understand why damn things matter. I'm your host, Novo Day, and today we're going to be talking about art in traditional writing, literature, songwriting, music, and poetry by focusing on the career of one Leonard Cohen. To hash it out, I am joined by Alexandra Parsons of alexandraparsons.com and Instagram handle Alexandra underscore Parsons. Miss Parsons, welcome back to the show. Oh, um, thank you so much for having me. Uh, <laughs> apologize for my Leonard Cohen voice. I yeah, I was about I to say, uh, you sound a lot like Leonard Cohen himself. What, what's going on? Did you... Uh, I took some potion and I channeled him this oh, afternoon. So I, perfect. I, somehow I think he's uh, manifested into my uh, vocal cords. So, <laughs> so we, uh, ladies and gentlemen, we have Leonard Cohen with us today. So it's going to be perfect to talk about your and his career. Uh, so, Miss Parsons, let's tell the good people while we're talk why we're talking about Mr. Cohen today. So, Leonard Cohen was a lot of things in his career, and we'll get to that in a, in a minute. But I believe in his heart, he was not only a writer or a novelist or a musician, he was truly a poet. And more importantly, what a poet could be in the 20th or the last of the 20th century and early 21st century. Now, before we can discuss, of course, we all need a little background. So Leonard Norman Cohen was born on September 21st, 1934, in Westmount, Quebec, Canada. I there was so much to talk about in our discussion section. I'm going to keep keep this part short and sweet and tell you about what he did with all the art we're about to discuss and give you guys some of his accolades. He's been inducted into the Canadian Music Hall of Fame, the Canadian Songwriters Hall of Fame, and the more traditional and most internationally recognized Rock and Roll Hall of Fame, as well as receiving the Prince of Astro Award for Literature the ninth Glenn Gould Prize, and an induction as a Companion of the Order of Canada, which is the nation's highest civilian honor. Now, before we can discuss further and really focus on the art, we all need a little word from our sponsor. This episode is brought to you by Liquid IV. Guys, if you don't know what Liquid IV is, we'll buckle up because I'm going to throw you a game changer. Liquid IV is a hydration multiplier that not only tastes great, but is a non-GMO electric light drink mix. Powered by cellular transport technology to deliver hydration to the body faster and more efficiently than water can just do alone. One stick contains three times the electrolytes of traditional sports drinks with five essential vitamins. Now, I pride myself on telling you about things that I either already like or just use in my everyday life. And I have to say, I've actually been a fan of Liquid IV for a long, long time now. I use it for everything from, you know, just long runs to stay in shape, all those late nights with those after hours or just when I'm feeling a little dehydrated I turn to it so it could just my god set me straight make me feel like a million bucks again and just get me ready for the day so please head on over to their website that's liquid-iv.com to check out their amazing line of products and get this when you use promo code art of the beholder all one word you'll get 20% off your order now if you need a little direction on where to start I recommend lemon lime guys you're gonna love it won't be disappointed so please give it a shot and get more fuel for life's adventures now back to the show so first and foremost miss parsons i want to start with this um how did you become 
a super fan, a Leonard Cohen super fan? Oh, I love that question. Um, I had a fantasy about him one night, and uh, <laughs> sorry. Oh, this, this vocal is perfect for the show. We needed you deep and raspy. He seduced me with his words like he did many women. Um, that's actually very true. He did do that for a lot of women. But um, uh, Oh, I have a follow-up question. Keep, yes. Continue. As a youngster, teenager, I was mm. very much like a, my dad called me a beatnik at heart. Um, and okay. I really got into um, Ginsburg. And um, some other poets around that time. And I found Leonard Cohen. I just found the the Book of Longing. And I didn't really actually know his music. I knew Hallelujah, but I didn't realize he wrote it because I knew, you know, Jeff Buckley did it. Sure. And I think I was like, I don't know, I, I think I was like 15 or 16. Maybe I was a little older than that. Could have been older. Wow. Maybe, maybe I was, might have been 19. Yeah, might have been a teen. I don't know, but I was young. It was like my early teen, like late teens, maybe early 20s, let's say that. So I found the book of longing and I fell in love with his, how he wrote lyrics. And I fell in love with like his doodles in the draw in the book. And then I, I wasn't crazy about his music until later. It kind of started. I wasn't crazy about his, like, I know we're going to get into his vocals. So your first love was poetry. Po- yeah. And it's still like, Poetry is a way to my heart. I love poetry. Mm. And it's it's always been really hard for me to read. Like, you and I were just discussing like novels and stuff sometimes, but poetry was always really easy for me. Um, and it was something that was very emotional and moving. It's very um, moving and emotional and brought up feelings that I wasn't necessarily able to process in, um, in everyday life, but able to process more through poetry. So I also wrote poetry since I was little too. So that he, that really, that's what got me is that book. And then I realized I'm like, Oh shit. Hallelujah (laughs) was in there too. And I was like, Oh fuck. He wrote hallelujah. And then I started watching like documentaries and like, I watched like I'm your man came out. Yeah. So I think in my mid twenties, I started watching more documentaries about him and like found out how loved he was. So that was more, no one introduced me to him. I kind of discovered him. Same thing with Ginsburg. So follow-up question. I was, you know, yes, as we were doing our homework, I, time and time again, I, I saw that he was admired by by many, many of the, the ladies. And um, it made me think, does this, you know, so you're answering on behalf of all women, you're our, our resident female voice. Does it tap into a female fantasy of there is this man that is this hopeless romantic that he makes me feel like the only woman in the world and he's making this music almost for me and it makes me gravitate towards him more. Mm. Is there that type of woman? I'm going to clarify no, that question. I guess, I guess um, does this, does him as kind of an archetype when he mm-hmm. became not just Leonard Cohen, the man, but Leonard Cohen, the artist, yeah. the, the myth, the legend, does it does it tap into this um, female fantasy of this? Yeah, a longing for uh, hopeless romance. Yeah, the yeah, man that is that embodies that, and I feel like Leonard Cohen kind of embodied that to almost a perfect degree. Oh yeah, like there's you know it makes me think of that for sure. No, I do think so, and it, it makes me. He definitely has tapped into that for a lot of women. I can't really, I don't know if like the modern day women, but back then (laughs) for sure. And for someone who is a hopeless romantic like myself and I have like, you know, fallen for men that have been musicians and poets themselves, it's definitely triggers that type of individual, that sensitive soul, Mm. you know, that like is, was the uh, tall, dark and handsome 
mysterious, but, but also like, like emotionally available and sensitive and in touch with his feelings. That uh, yeah, and like thing. yeah, quiet and like not you know not cheesy. Like he was right. just he, his Still words serious. Came, his words came out in his lyrics, like sincere. Very yeah, and he was just like I don't know if it's because like how he grew up, like where he grew up why he was the man that he became sounded like all of it kind of a, just, amalgamation like a combination of so many things and he be, kind of came this this poet you yeah, know he just loved women <laughs> <laughs> that's a good segue to talk about his art so what a lot of people don't know is he first started as a novelist um including i believe yourself you didn't know that he was a a, a writer not just of poetry, but of literature. I didn't realize that until I saw the outline. I was like, "Oh, he." <laughs> yeah, he was. Well, he was a poet first, and then he 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 wanted to try his hand at long form writing, which is is novelizations. And he wrote. He did write three novels, and those include "The Favorite Game" in 1963, "Beautiful Losers" in 1966, and a ballet of lepers, which I don't think actually came out till I didn't put the date here, but I'm pretty sure it didn't come out till 2022. Mm, very okay. very recent um long story short you probably already know this but the good people probably don't know this is why he didn't continue this he definitely continued the poetry but uh part of the reason he went into music is he realized that there was not enough financial security in writing and i definitely can relate to that fuck me mm. <laughs> fuck me um but that's why we go into other things like podcasting and, and the that's why you know uh literary code is kind of a you know why i more got into him and i was late to the party so just for the good people i probably only got him into him in the last 15 years definitely a lot deeper in the last 10 and you'll see that in some of the music i i kind of gravitated towards um but he was um he's so he's so inspiring uh, and a lot of us artists probably aspire to be like him because he never gave up and he didn't quite get to the level of fame that he did until way late in his career. Uh, now he's, you know, he's internationally recognized and not for uh, not for the novels, not for the poetry collections, which we'll talk about in a minute, but for the music. And well, so that's what we're going to focus on today, guys. But before we get there, uh, let's talk a little bit about some of his other writing collections in the form of poetry. Let us compare mythologies is a big um, fan favorite, The Spice Box of Earth, Flowers for Hitler, Book of Mercy, Stranger Music, another big hit, Book of Longing, another one, Death of a Ladies Man, Hat Trick, The Lyrics of Leonard Cohen, 15 Poems, and The Flame. What's one of your favorites? Books? Yeah, Out of poetry, poetry collections. Yeah, um, let's do the, bo this. the Book of Longing, The Book of Longing for sure. That was the one that I found, I kind of discovered, and some of his best poetry, I believe, is in that one. It's hard to kind of find... I guess it's Amazon, but I, I love going through bookstores and finding things without having oh, to yeah. on Amazon. Oh, yeah. Very you know? treasure. Oh, yeah. So it's hard to find the other ones sometimes. Like Strand Bookstore in New York um, has a great collection, and I found the um, Let Us Compare Mythologies. That's very mm. small. It's a nice coffee table book. It's not big, but the uh, Book of Longing has more of his drawings. A lot of them I think he did while he was – practicing becoming a buddhist monk in the california like right yeah um he, hills he secluded himself for a long time and stopped he stopped writing music stopped everything to become a buddhist monk for mm -hmm. a while there so and we'll we'll i think i think part of our framing device with the episode in his career is through the music but let's give the good people a primer before we dive into his albums so if you were to describe his music to someone that's never heard leonard cohen before how would you describe it it's a mixture of 
romanticism, like modern beatnik poetry, but also it's a, it can be very haunting. He always speaks of the past, but also like romanticizes the future, the what ifs in a lot of his poetry. He's a storyteller. So that's really what he is, is he's a romantic storyteller. Um, and he's able to find words, his rhythmic performance when he does it live or even like when you just read it is poetry in itself. It's really beautiful. <laughs> yes, I couldn't agree more. I Let's focus on themes for a little bit. So his lyrical themes, though wide ranging, I mean, he would talk about everything from religion to politics to you name it. At their core is exactly what Miss Parsons is talking about. It, it, he would talk about love and love making. So not just not just not just raw dog and sex, like <laughs> actual love making. Um where there was intimacy involved, right? I mean, that's why it, before I even knew that there was a, a collection of poetry called Book of Longing, I felt I wrote that into our outline. I was like, there's such a longingness. There's a longing for intimacy in his work. You mm -hmm. know, he's always yearning for connection and companionship and love and romance and relationships. And it just oozes from his work. And, and that, and you know, that I think in and of itself, not only taps into that kind of that stuff we were talking about earlier in the discussion section, but it, he, it does even to me, I feel like a lot of his work came off very sexy for yeah. lack of a better work mm -hmm. word. And part Seductive. of that, it, yes, yes. Yeah. And that, and part of that is his uh, vocal approach because uh, again, what a lot of people probably don't know is he didn't want it really sing you know even when he was getting into music you know i think he may have wanted to be a song writer and kind of pass like here you go here's a song i wrote i wrote some poetry i rearranged it to be more of a song structure here you go and slowly but surely the craft kind of found him and he became the musician we know him as today and and so and i think that and, you know no one's analyzed this from at least the stuff i've studied but his vocal timber is a, a i think a testament to that history because he doesn't really he kind of stays in his lane and and mm -hmm. and for 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 good you know not that that's not that he has to try to be a falsetto or or yeah go even deeper than his register actually allows him to you know he doesn't he every song sounds like Leonard Cohen because of it. You know, he's he has a very specific range he likes to sing in and he kind of stays there. And that's what I think also lent to his character, you know, in the musicianship, in the sound and things like that. And um, equally so, his song crafting is very simple. It got more complex as the years went on yeah. and the albums went on. Uh, but it really, you know, at at its core, again, just like the themes, there was a minimalist approach. Very, uh, yeah, very folky. Oh, yeah. The that. early stuff yeah. was very folky, some kind of merged into folk rock. Of course, he had some outliers, which we'll, we'll dive into in a minute. But that's a good primer, I think, for the good people. So let's go ahead and dive in. So uh, Songs of Leonard Cohen, uh, 1967. I, you know, was incredibly minimal. It was essentially... Him, his vocal, and his guitar. Yeah. Um, almost no musical additional accompaniment uh, besides his vocal melodies that he wrote. And he would write a lot of the a lot of the so songs are very similar because he would write um, a lot of the same melodies and have the same rhythms with his melodies. And to me, songs of Leonard Cohen was more poetry. You know, just like s s talk singing 
than yeah. true yeah. folk. Whereas when we get to songs from a room, 1969, you're starting to see that transition. The production's getting better. He's starting to realize, okay, I'm not just a poet. I'm also a musician. And I think that really lands in 1971 with songs of love and hate. This is the very first album where I was like, okay, shit, I get it. I fucking get it. Uh, and I think, um, before I pass it to you to tee you up, I th- I think he realized this was the time. It took him three albums. And I always talk about this on our shows. There's something about the third album. It's the breakthrough one where he realized he's not just a poet. I mean, he very much is a poet and a lyricist, but he's he's a songwriter. He's a musician, too. Yes. And even like even the covers iconic, the black and white. Oh, yes. His face. Um, I don't know if there's a couple different ones, but they recently, like last year, they re-released it. It, it wasn't released for like the on vinyl for like 30 years or something crazy. Hmm. That's what I was told. You could only find. Well, I went. And you have this guy on vinyl. You said right. And I got him on vinyl. So I was you like, lucky, I don't. Lucky, lucky. I was like, I don't have any Leonard Cohen on vinyl. I was like, that's blasphemy for me <laughs> for not for like loving his music and his poetry so much. I was like, let me find it so i went into rough trade when it used to be in brooklyn they moved to 57th street now over near like snl studios okay so but now they're on in 30 rock yeah 30 rock they're over there um but they were always in in williamsburg and i went in and i there was one left and Mm. the guy was like i can't believe you got i go do you have any i was like do you have any leonard cohen he's like dude what the fuck we just got one left he's like and it's the first time they the first release in like 20 30 years or something oh my god that was destiny it was i was like oh leonard you're looking out for me my man and on the grave i love you (laughs) and that leads us to yeah songs of love and hate was um a folk at its finest you know where i really feel like he was hitting his stride but he was still evolving and that's what i loved about his career and studying him uh and that brings us to 1974 new skin for the old ceremony i again love this i it like i don't know if you felt this way when you're going through his, his discography again it's like ev- it just kept getting better better but every mm-hmm. album i felt like this is getting just keeps getting better and better and better and uh the song crafting uh evolved too and you know i know that's subjective in terms of just because a song is is complex doesn't mean it's necessarily better. A simple song can be beautiful and brilliant and outshine a very complex, you know, crazy um, technical song. Uh, because at the heart and soul of good songwriting is is just just that is 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 making things simple and making sure that in any form, shape, or color that it's still really getting to the audience and in an emotional impact. And I think his music always did that. And um, that leads us to, I think, so the first breakthrough was songs of love and hate 1971. Mm-hmm. But I think the second breakthrough part of that was because of Phil Spector was death of mm-hmm. a ladies man, 1977. And this is where like the music was it. It's we we're starting to get, a you know, we're starting to transition a little way from the folk. It's still very folksy, but um, we're seeing more, harmonies more um more instruments more like it's just becoming more uh well-rounded and of course phil specter it's becoming a wall of sound that uh, that he made famous before his incredible infamy if you if any of you are phil specter fans out there i'm like quickly looking up because like i 
When I listen to his music, I don't know. I thought you were about to sing for a little bit. I thought you were oh about to God. with that uh, Cohen voice of yours. I, I was know, like, it's oh, is it coming? Oh, kind of driving me. I, friends, I literally woke up from a nap and my voice manifested into this. It was really. <laughs> I thought it was weird. the potion. I thought we were going with that. That's the one I like. Um, I like the potion one too. I like but the idea. Um, there was naps involved. <laughs> yes, there were naps. Siestas. So, Let's call them siestas. I mean, I believe Memories is on that album and there's. The Death of a Ladies Man, which is on that album, and True Love Leaves No Traces. When I listen to his music, I tend to like not always listen to it to by album unless I have the vinyl. Because, mm. you know, I'm like, I'm streaming it to, either I'm listening to the one vinyl I have or I'm streaming it in, or plugging it into my car and just listening to it. And I try to, like, I haven't been the best individual with, like, or a musician fan as, like, with albums like, oh, mm. this is on this album. Because, you know, some people are album heads. They're, like, really big on, like, it's this album. You're talking this, to an album head. Yeah, right this here. album's in, in, in so it's tease inc- away. Tease it's away. incredible. It's a structure. I'm like, all right, I'm just listening to fucking songs. I was like, Jesus. Well, in like, my <laughs> defense, all I need to say is one album, and that's Dark Side of the Moon. That I know. Is, that is, that almost- is to be listened to from, from beginning to end as an album. And I will. But I get. I get your side too. I do get. that with George. I have like George Michael. The um, listen without prejudice. That's one and of my wham. Those days. No, is that George this Michael. Is George Michael. No, this is after wham. This is wasting. Listen, listen without prejudice. Um, another like solo artist. Who's that? Who, George Michael. I guess is my point. It is that like, George that, Michael. That's, that's, that's like that's George Michael. Okay. I get it. There are albums that are. That you're like, you need to listen from beginning to end. Um, I with this one, I didn't listen to beginning to end, but like, I do love all the songs are beautiful on here. Uh, I think if you don't, I I feel like if it's a story, right? Well, regardless of what type of listener you are, I like the album structure. You like the single structure. I think Leonard Cohen is perfect for that because a Mm -hmm. lot of his his music does overlap. Like you, you know, it's Leonard Cohen right away. You know, it's a Leonard Cohen song right away, not only because of that vocal timbre, but um, in his approach to, to melody and simplicity and, and rhythm. And he um, so I think I think this is actually a perfect example of this is the kind of musician for all kinds of listeners. If you mm-hmm. want more of the bulk, you know, album structure, you're going to love a lot of Death of a Ladies Man here in a minute, various positions. Um but if you want to just listen to the hallelujahs and the fucking, you know, whatever. Chelsea um, Hotel. Yeah, exactly. We, we Suzanne. You, have, you yeah. can put, yeah, you can essentially put his best of, or what? what is it called on Spotify? Like, this is Leonard Cohen, like the this is playlist. Yeah, I and have, app, you I have won't Apple get Music. Lost. But Apple Music is good because it has all, usually has like the albums, has most of their albums, the Leonard Cohen's albums. But um, his EPs. But is there only Death of a Ladies Man? Is there only six tracks? I thought there was more on that one. Death of a Ladies Man. I no, yeah, no, I, there's there's ten. Hold on, I found it. You found it? Okay, give it to us. There's eight. <laughs> there, there's eight. Yeah, there's eight tracks on it. Uh, but the, yeah, usually like the essential Leonard Cohen. Like I'll yes, do that. Exactly. So that's where I am. Like, uh, not great at like dissecting each album. Um, you want it darker. I, <laughs> that's you know. where you got, that's where you got me. I'll fill in those gaps. Don't worry. Don't worry. Um, but yeah, and he had a, this is where I was saving this for now. He had mm-hmm. a collection of poetry called death of a ladies man mm-hmm. that just, uh, spelled lady with a Y instead of the I E S. Uh, so there is an album version and then there's a collection of poetry. And I think again, once we move on to 1979's recent songs, and 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 he always would name his albums that stuff. It always it was always like 
new songs, old songs, recent songs, uh, songs in a room. You know, it was always it was always like my albums, my album titles are just face value. This is what I'm doing right now. Mm -hmm. Uh, And I always kind of love that about Leonard Cohen and recent songs. 1979 is when Cohen goes jazz. I love this album um, with hints of world music as well. Um, I, I'm not sure if we've ever talked about this on air, Miss, Miss Alexander Parsons, um, Alexander the Great. Uh, I <laughs> love jazz. That's probably one of my favorite musical art forms. I don't think we did because I love, planet. I love jazz as well. Ooh, okay. We'll have to have a jazz show here pretty soon. So, oh, uh, so you liked recent, I take it you loved recent songs then. Mm, I too. I really, I was surprised. I, I don't know if I was surprised, but cause you know, some of them are a little, you listen to it and you could tell it's from the eighties or like late seventies or nineties. Sure. And you're like, it's a little, it's a little kitschy sometimes, but like, I'm your man. Oh my God. What a, what a left turn. Oh, that music. What an off ramp. Can't do it. I was about to do the music for I'm your man, but I'm your man. Ooh. Ooh. See <laughs> like, that, that dark, that deep raspy vocal we got it's today. Working. It's working. Yeah. It's working. It's perfect uh, for the show. Yeah. So that, that really is a, that what year did you do that one again? I think that was which one? Recent song. Nineteen eighty-eight. I'm, I'm your, your man, man is nineteen eighty-eight. Album. Yep. 1988. Yeah. First we take on Manhattan, then we take then we take Berlin. Fuck, that song's so good. Yes. <laughs> Indubitably. Indubitably. Oh my god, that fucking album's insane. Before yeah. we get there, we do have to talk about the end of an era. 1984's various positions. This is so. If you're wondering where Hallelujah guys, where Hallelujah lies, guys. This is the album, Various Positions. Um, this is my favorite of more of the the first, I'm calling the first era, the end of an era for his his career in music. Mm. Um, I, I can see why this is sometimes considered as magnum opus. And I kept, I kept feeling that way, or I was worried that with this feeling of like, oh, it's just going to get better and better and better. And I'm like, okay, when is it? When is it going to start going downhill? And the beauty of his career is I never felt that way because he reinvented himself um, yeah. with I'm Your Man in 1988. Before we get there, um, there's positions. Yeah, we, we got to talk about that. Um, well, Hallelujah is in the middle of the track, right in the middle of the album. Um, and I think Dance Me, and it starts with Dance Me to the End of Love, right? That's how it opens into it. Starts with Dance, starts with dance Me to the End of Love. Which, we'll I just mean, go. I think this is one of those albums. Let let me just run so through good. it. Yeah. yeah. So side one. I'm overwhelmed. Is, Sorry, I'm getting over. <laughs> it's it's overexcited. It's okay. No problem. So side one was "Dance Me to the End of Love," as already already stated. Track number two is "Coming Back to You." The law night comes on, and then side two starts with "Hallelujah." Track mm-hmm. number two is "The Captain," "Hunter's Lullaby," "Heart with No Companion," and "If It Be Your Will." Oh my god, that if it be your well is so beautiful. <laughs> it is um it's another I know we talk about this a lot in our shows. It's I don't know, it's a perfect album. Like between, you know, like everything was landing between his 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 li- lyrics, so his writing, his mm-hmm. vocal approach, the musicality, the production, just like it it's a perfect product. It's a perfect the little composition of so many things going on correctly. <laughs> and um what's I don't know how to put the word uh, not frustrating. Surprising is that, you know, I, you know, I, I study a lot of like those best of lists from different publications and stuff. And I, I feel like I didn't see enough Leonard Cohen. I feel like as much as he is, he's one of those musicians, musician or an artist's artist. Yes, you know, he is. Yeah. One he of is. those kind of artists where 
Um, I think a lot of more people have heard his name versus like someone like Kate Bush, uh, since we did a sh- just did a show on her. Um, sh- you know, where I to this day I would still have people say who when I mm-hmm. would bring up Kate Bush, but almost with Leonard Cohen, no one does that. But then they have a really hard time picking out any other music besides Hallelujah. It's true, yeah. But then I have some people that are like. I don't know who Leonard Cohen is. I'm like, he wrote Hallelujah. And they're like, he wrote it, not Jeff Buckley. And I'm like, no. And Buckley did it in what, 1994, I yeah, want to say? Yeah, did in 1994. And what, Hallelujah has over 200 covers. It's one of the most biggest covered songs of all time. Right. It's wild. Well, I yeah. think um, Paul McCartney's and the Beatles, um, one of their tracks is the most covered song of all time. Is it? Oh, I thought yeah. Hallelujah was. Okay. I I think it's up there. I think it's a definitely. I do, I do know this. I I I remember him saying, "Please stop cover." Like he was like respectfully, "Please stop covering my song." I think it like got to this point where was a, he was yeah. saying so many artists cover "Hallelujah" that he would say, "Like, could we take a, just like a little break, little time out from from that?" No, the Rufus Rainwright is another great musician who did amazing covers of his songs. Um, do you like Rufus? Did you ever listen to his stuff? I again, I'm late to the party, so we should okay. do a show on on Rufus, and that would probably help me really um, fast forward to. Oh, he's amazing. He's an yeah, he's another amazing. But he did he did a beautiful cover of Hallelujah, and his cover of Chelsea Hotel is absolutely stunning. And they had a really good for relationship, him and Martha Wainwright, their sisters. Hmm. So like. And then they were also were on. So for the people, if you want to see, there's like this music homage to Leonard Cohen and it's called I'm Your Man. And it's just a bunch of amazing musicians covering his songs and like honoring him. Hmm. It's really cool. If you haven't seen it, you should you should see it. Okay. Well, pre-gym gym of the week. Thank you, Miss Parsons. Oh, yeah. I haven't seen it in years, but yeah. Um, Back so, to this. Well, I'm sorry. I apologize. <laughs> no, no, we needed we needed a T book tangent quarter, so we need at least one every show. It's in our contract, so if we don't do it, <laughs> we don't get paid for these shows. Um, but now, yeah, let's uh, let's do let's do a Novo pullback, okay. and um, let's yeah let's transition to 1988. I'm your man, and I'm your man is so yeah <laughs> because I I already alluded at this. Uh, he never, you know, there was every time he got to his peak, he would kind of reinvent a part of his sound or try something new to where I felt like it was always a roller coaster, but never a complete peak where he then, you know, his career kind of went downhill a little bit, like a lot of, um, you know, famous musicians or artists or whomever, because he transitioned to kind of electronic music yeah, without your man. Yeah, uh, it was essentially synth pop. Um, and part of that was um, the 80s production talking here and it was it is a great album it is it's just so different like it just like if you listen to various because i i feel i kind of i i like to block some albums into trilogies and things like that even if it's sometimes it's accidental sometimes it's purposeful but like death of a ladies man 1977 recent songs 1979 in various positions 1984 was kind of like a trilogy in a way Mm -hmm. and then he completely went fucking off-roading off (laughs) uh and with i'm your man in 1988 and it was a synth pop album and so listening like just try this any of you music lovers out there listen to those three as a trilogy and then listen to i'm your man and except for the clear vocal that would tie these together it's a completely different world 
It is. It is a different world. You do hear like it's a little more fun, maybe. Yeah, a little more dance. It's synth pop. It's so. still it's still all of his music feels like he's dancing with a special woman in like a beautiful room, right? Mm. Yeah. He's always like it's like always that. to someone. That's the visual I get. This one is a little more he's on an adventure. Like when I think of like first we take Manhattan, then we take Berlin. It's like this interesting like where did this come from? <laughs> like, <laughs> like snapping the fingers. Yeah, it has a little it's like almost it has the jazz, but it then it has still honoring some of that beatnik quality. Mm-hmm. I don't know if you agree. And everybody I knows. Do agree. Yeah. Everybody knows. That's why I said in the thesis, like at his core, no matter what he did, he was always that poet. You know, he's yeah. always that poet that was okay breaking the rules or being a little more having underground, you know, cult cult following kind of fame than yeah. you know being on the front of the cover or being in the movie or whatever the thing was. So he was always that artist, which is a perfect. Uh, I um. He's been a perfect subject for our show. Uh, Miss Miss Parsons pitched mm-hmm. this show to us guys, and I as soon as you said that uh, in our pitch meeting, I was like, "Oh yeah, this is this has to be in our progeny of shows. This is perfect." I like to talk about things I'm passionate about, as as we all do. Um, well, and, and the pop stuff too. You know, we yeah. uh, we, we we talked Star Wars that one day. Oh, I'm so. passionate about <laughs> Star Wars. Though. I got that tattoo Ooh, on my arm. Oh, yeah, uh, put a pin in that. I got a. I have a I have a Star Wars reference in our uh, gyms. Yeah. Okay. okay. <laughs> um, and it did just hit me. I was I was having a, a, a I um, completely lost my train of thought when we were talking about Hallelujah and um, I was and we we're talking about the most covered song of all time and I said, Oh, I no, I think that's a Beatles song, a Paul McCartney song, but I couldn't think of the actual song for a moment there. But mm-hmm. it just hit me. It was yesterday. Yes. Yeah, 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 yeah. I've heard that. Okay. I think it was like besides yesterday. Seems so far away. Yes, that yesterday. There you go. Yesterday. Um, and um, so uh, let's pull it back with 1992's The Future. So even this was a, a another, I, I, I really thought he was just going to kind of go down this fucking road of like, let's explore electronic music and synth pop and all this shit. But no, he went uh, 1992's The Future. He went a little more traditional rock for lack of a better uh, genre title. I mean, it was still simple. Uh, it was definitely not folksy it was definitely i think a product of the 90s too with between production and everything like that and um though it was laced with religious and fucking biblical undertones of course um Mm. i think this was cohen at his most sexy i think this was peak sexy for cohen really okay oh my god i'm like i sound like a pubescent boy really (laughs) she's going through puberty oh god i'm so sorry (laughs) y'all um thank you for bearing with us in this voice what is you what do you think peak sexy is then Peak or we, sexy. Oh, we are not there yet. Or have we already passed it? Or are we not God. there? Or is me, it just like all of it? I think all of it. Like oh, it's okay. just like him metamorphosing throughout the years, and he just like hmm. fine wine. So I don't think you're Ooh. wrong. He just has aged like a fine wine. Yeah, technically. I mean, since we're on this album now, technically this is the most sexy. If yeah, <laughs> with that, this metaphor. is like a nice deep merlot or something. Ooh. <laughs> Cab Sav. A Cab Sav, uh, like a nice yeah. little complex. Which, yeah. What is your favorite out song on this album? My favorite song on this album? Ooh, God. I think um, before I talk about that, I want to talk about the fact that I think part of the reason it came to me as such a sexy 
you know, is peak sexy, as I put it, uh, is um, is all the the female singers, all the duet. Oh yeah, he has a lot of like background. It is nineties. Everybody, their background singers. Then almost thirty female singers on this album. Damn, almost. I didn't know that. Yeah, yeah. Um, God, I the future always. Yeah. Um, light as the breeze. I like democracy. Closing time, democracy. Oh my god, closing time so fucking good. Sorry, yeah. <laughs> closing time. I, was I was like that '90s song, closing time though. Yeah, like, it's yeah, that's true. Time. Oh shit. Okay, now it's ruined for me. No, Cohen's closing time. But yeah, I yeah, just I I think yeah, a lot of that you know the opposite of my. My question to you earlier in the show of like, does this happen to a female fantasy? I think as a male, um, of course, I've always been in love with female vocals. The opposite, right? So um, it's only natural, depending on where you stand, though, of course. It depends. I've always loved, but I've always been more of a female singer songwriter person. I think Leonard Cohen is one Mm. of the fair. Yeah, like Tori Amos was one of my first like Mm. female singers. A little bit of a deep cut, Tori Amos. Yeah. um, He's like in the middle, middle cut. She's, yeah. Some people know her, a lot of don't, but that's She's okay. very weird. She's yeah. a very in weird a individual, way. but no. in, a, in a great way. Um, Leonard Cohen was kind of on that exploratory thing for me where I like want to discover things on my own without the influence of my siblings. Hmm. I'm the youngest okay. of five. Yeah. So um, I don't, I can't, like, I love bands. I Yeah, I guess I do love singer songwriters. Like, I love my, George Michael. I love, um, Stevie Wonder is my favorite. Oh, so, yeah, yeah I guess God. I do love a lot Your of singer. Yeah. Oh, my oh. God. Uh, yeah, don't get me started on Stevie Wonder. God. So maybe it is equal for me. Maybe well, I, I think you'll like the next two then. So there is this huge fucking gap between the future, 1992 again, and 10 new songs, 2001. So nine years, because this is that time. He became a Zen Buddhist monk, guys. So mm-hmm. we talked about that earlier in the show. And so he he went into complete seclusion for almost 10 years into a monastery and came out of it a Zen Buddhist monk. But then he still, I you know, like I think his, his one true love was, you know, was art. So he kind of came back to it with 10 new songs in 2001. And again, he was, he kept pushing into uh, exploring duets and harmonies. And I think that's, I think that's, you know, we didn't talk about this in the primer uh, section, but I think that's really where the complexity of his songs came from. If they ever were really complex, it wasn't with crazy instruments or time signatures or all these weird, crazy arrangements or movements or anything like that. It was what they were doing with their vocal harmonies and melodies and um, turning those into polyrhythms and things like that. And we see that to amazing effect on 10 new songs of 2001 with Sharon Robinson Mm -hmm. and with Dear Heather 2004 with Anjani Thomas. I hope I'm pronouncing that right. Miss Thomas and Johnny. I apologize if I'm butchering that, but uh, these, I, I, I love these, these, these albums were a little more return to form. Um, uh, still very sexy. Oh, it was so sexy. I mean, the 10 new songs has one of my favorite all time poems slash song. A lot Which of these, is? a lot Those of good people. Um, a thousand kisses deep. Um, it has in my secret life. Um, I apologize for that noise in the background. That was my dog doing something strange. Um, Boba. Boba, Boba Fett. Like, what is that? <laughs> he's so funny. Is he? Is he? Is he tracking someone he's down like right sneezing. now? Is that what's he's happening? He's like sneezing or something. Oh, I thought he was hu- hunting. He's 
clearly a bounty hunter with that name. I so I thought that. Oh yeah, he's bounty thought, hunting. <laughs> he's bounty hunting, right? Is that he's like a bounty, bounty hunter. hunting? Like he's, he's putting on his outfit right now to go dog toys. <laughs> dog toys. Or... <laughs> I'm not sure what he's hunting, but uh, there is a bounty that he's looking for. Guys. He's hunting for a comfortable spot in his bed. Um, so yeah, that album, ten new songs, like Alexandra leaving for maybe narcissistic reasons. I love that song. <laughs> Ooh. And, why? Um, <laughs> oh, I wonder why Alexander leaving. There's um, I have the book right, the the poetry next to me, the book, and yeah, a thousand kisses is too long, I think, to read on here. It's it's like two pages. Mm, okay. Um, you could read just like the first few lines, four or five. I can read the the first stanza. I'm, I'm not, not sure if they're separated in stanzas, but. I think we have enough time. Yeah. Um, is there a stanza you'd like to read? Yours is like, I, excuse me. Okay, let me get. I thought your. I think your voice has, has gotten more to your your natural voice through. through is it because I'm talking through more? the course of the show? Yeah. Oh God, I love. Okay, this one. There's there's so many great verses in this fucking song though. I like if you say first off, guys, go on YouTube and find Leonard Cohen like reciting Thousand Kisses Deep. It's that one. It's his London 2009 tour. Yeah. And it's so beautiful because he's just like the whole audience gets quiet. Mm. So I'll read two stanzas or whatever. So um, I'm good at love. I'm good at hate. It's in between. I freeze. Been working out, but it's too late. It's been too late for years. But you look fine. You really do. The pride of the pride of Boogie Street. Somebody must have died for you. A thousand kisses deep. Um, and then another one is, I love you. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> uh, another one is from this poem is, I loved you when you opened like a lily to the heat. I'm just another snowman standing in the rain and sleet who loved you with his frozen love, his secondhand physique, with all he is and all he was, a thousand kisses deep. I Ooh. mean, like oh, that man. is so, oh, that'll, like a, that'll cut you. Oh my deep. god! Oh man! Every time I, I think hear... we need to move on, or we're, we're just going to need more more poetry selections. It's so beautiful. It's my favorite all time favorite poem. I think it's wow. so, and him singing it live. Like every uh, sometimes when I'm if I'm with a gentleman, um, I'd be like, "Hey, you should hear this. That's like my move. <laughs> you should listen to this. That's like your well. Oh, come that's come like... on. That's your <laughs> test. That's your test. If if is, one yeah. he goes who, and uh, two it's he my goes. Test. I'm not really into poetry then you're uh, like oh god i'm sorry big I'm, not no, sure. no. I'm not sure if this is gonna work out it's a big no um, no uh guys let's move on to 2012 so again huge fucking gap did you notice that so dear heather was in 2004 and then it took him another eight years to make old ideas 2012 now i'm not going to spend a ton of time on this but it's important to his bio history so we went through a little bit of legal troubles and that uh long story short it is um he had a manager that essentially stole almost everything from him, or at least a like 90 to 99 percent of his earnings over the year. So he went on this huge uh, series of, of um, touring kicks. He, he toured for years and years and years to recoup a lot of his losses. So that's why there was a big gap. So he was still oh, performing. That makes sense. There's yeah, a lot was, of albums too, like live at the aisle. Exactly. Right. He was yeah. still doing music, but it was live rendition. So he could uh, recoup his losses. So there wasn't a proper new LP until 2012 with old ideas. And this actually was his highest charting album 
of his entire career. And I will, I'm not going to spend a ton of time on this because I want to talk about the last three because this one was, I think, just classic Cohen. You know, it wasn't, Mm -hmm. it wasn't, it was just, again, return to form, very, very folk uh, oriented, but to pretty much perfect perfection, you know, within, within his ballpark of, of skills his camp oh the darkness oh god that song's amazing that was beautiful just like all of his stuff his kind of like comeback mm-hmm. that was almost like a comeback i'm i'm back or whatever but he's definitely back, bitches kind of he's thing. older he's a much older here he was yeah. that's why it's like old ideas his, his voice is starting to sound more like but what a class what a classic Cohen a album bit. title title oh yeah oh yeah very uh, i'm god you took the words right out of my mouth yeah tom waits definitely in the last two albums so popular problems 2014 and you want a darker 2016 yeah. it was not only so yeah his voice dropped maybe an octave or two like this yeah. was like peak deep 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 raspy 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 cohen and and because of that what i don't know if someone god i wish we could be a fly on the wall so i wanted i want to think it was him but it could have been like a producer or a friend or or, or a musician writing companion or whoever said like you should really do a blues album because your your voice it's just it's just oozing the blues you know like it, you have this perfect vocal for that because popular problems are probably my favorite one of the newer stuff of the second era of his career uh, it was so bluesier, um, especially with little tracks like Nevermind, which was also used in the opening credits to True mm-hmm. Detective season two. Um, I really loved this fucking album. Oh, my God. Po- yeah, this is probably w- probably my favorite one of the second era where various positions was my first. Mm-hmm. And um, You Want a Darker was released three weeks before his death. And there oh. is track titles or there is lyrics talking about that. Like, I'm ready <laughs> <laughs> he would say that to, yeah oh, i'm ready God, to pass haunting. i think he knows i think you do know but like that's what you think about a lot when you get old it's like my dad constantly talks about like him dying and i'm like oh god mm. like stop Bless his heart. Like, yeah like it's just kind of like what else you know it's coming sooner or later like at that age in your 80s you're like any day now it could be but um you know this is the, this is the thing about art i'm gonna i'm gonna put a little positive spin on that is um i think this is part of the reason i got into the arts um later in my life and in and as a second career is it can be timeless and there can be legacy because even after he died his family and friends and his estate um and obviously the musicians the amazing musicians he worked with throughout his life made an a an album after his passing and that is with 2019's thanks for the dance it's definitely the shortest one to date um it's almost like an ep but it's almost like they closed a circle, Miss Parsons. Mm-hmm. Like he started with folk and he ended with folk, and mm. um, I think I think it was kind of a perfect way to kind of close close or, or end the book, the like very bow. last chapter, the end. His bow, like yeah, yeah. listen to the hummingbird. Ugh. And he <laughs> loved hummingbirds. Did you notice in some of his like even on the book? of book of longing there's a bird on it like he loved birds hmm. and the one a couple different album covers i believe um, the one the you really future like, the future yeah. has a hummingbird with a heart and chains like yeah like he so that was really a really lovely homage to him i think and that's one big really one of my big regrets is i didn't get to see him live and I could have, and I was just like, I don't oh. know if I can afford. The tickets were crazy expensive. Yeah, oh, I, I, I can imagine. Yeah, I, I, they're like 180, like for a good ticket. I wanted to see him close. It was like 200 bucks. 
Yeah. And I was like, I can't really afford that don't right get now. Me, don't get me started on that fucking industry. The the, the price gouging and the, oh, let's not it's go not, down that. That's yeah. why Prince was like, awesome when he did live show, like free shows. Prince would do free shows for people. Oh, I love me some Prince too. Oh, yeah, God. sorry. Because we're talking about musicians, so it's like I yeah. might as well bring a bunch up. Oh, yeah. So, I love me some yeah. Prince. I love me some, um, I just don't like the... <laughs> The concert ticket industry specifically. No, they no, go fuck yeah. themselves. Um, I mean, yeah, that's terrible. I would see more shows if they weren't so expensive. Uh, I do want to. He did have quite a number of f- film credits to his career too. I just want to go through those real quick, and then uh, we're gonna talk. We're gonna we're gonna bring this bitch home. Um, tie a bow on this bitch. Uh, so his filmography. Uh, includes his credits includes ladies and gentlemen mr leonard cohen angel poen the ernie game i am a hotel song of leonard cohen the tibetan book of of the dead part one and two so here he would be narrator since he yes, had i saw that one that yeah, one's really cool narrator. and then a lot of them would be documentaries on him like leonard cohen i'm your man leonard cohen bird of a wire al purdy was here marianne and leonard words of Live? I, I don't know. I guess all that one. Uh, oh, it's oh, I I put the comma in a weird place. It was Al Purdy was here, and then Mary, and then comma Marianne and Leonard words of love. Mm. There we go. Okay. So, Miss Parsons, yes, come to the end of the show. Tell the good people why they should study the art and the works of one Leonard Cohen. Yeah, I mean, like, where to begin? He is like one of. Would you say he's like one of the fathers of? kind of beatnik hipster poets Ooh, i i honestly i feel like he's more of of the godfather of of the archetype of the ladies man i found that more fascinating yeah. than more of his like you know his seclusion his underground he, you know he did like stuff. to yeah he did i mean he, he did like to talk about a lot how when i listened to some of his talks where he always wanted to give the music back to the people which is very folky right yes so he was kind of like the the people's musician oh i have a good um that just made me think of a story i read where he said he was so glad because he did he did write for other musicians uh mm-hmm. some some people may not know that he would write uh songs for other musicians or at least the, the lyrical part and then they would create the music around it or the arrangements and uh one of his famous pieces um the name is eluding me right now but i remember just what he said and it was this i'm so glad i gave you know i sold those rights away to this song that became this huge fucking hit because it wouldn't it wouldn't be right to get rich off of good art mm. um yeah i'm kind of he paraphrasing He's such but, a purist. Yeah, but it was it was a lot like that. I'm I'm paraphrasing, but I think the reason why everyone should listen to him is because he is a purist, a romantist, is romantic, romanticist. I don't know what I'm saying romanticism. Um, romanticism. Um, he mastered the art. He of really like. Yeah, he just he's if you want to listen to something that comes from the heart, mm. they and you want to listen to poetry that really resonated. For the people, especially during all the genres, somebody that like you want to get in touch with how to be a man, (laughs) (laughs) listen to Leonard Cohen or read his poetry, go on YouTube and not and see some of the things that he's recited. You know, it's just start with the classics because he I mean, I'm going to always stick to this and I've said it. You have to learn where things come from. You have to learn about the classics. And he's kind of like the father of. I think he I think he is one of the fathers of like kind of beatnik a folk 
besides he's a godfather of a lot of things yeah godfather yes just that's why i put it just give him a listen like he was he was a lot of things in his career but you know at the heart and soul of i think who he was and who he always wanted to be was the poet and he became that and though his career really branched out he was always he always had the opportunity to put his poetry into so many different kinds of medium because mm-hmm. what is music but poetry you know we have to uh yeah. or, or you know obviously there are complete instrumentals but a song with lyrics and words and singing is poetry so he was still able to give his amazing poetry to the world there you have it the life the legacy that is Leonard Cohen. I want to thank you for listening. Of course, I want to thank my guest, Miss Alexander Parsons, for joining us today. But before we go, you know, we have a little extra for you, a little icing on the cake, a little a little cherry on top of what we call the gym of the week. If you're new to the show and don't know what the gym of the week is, it's something we like to talk about, but doesn't always fit into the scheme of the episode, you know, the main subject matter, the meat and potatoes. But it may be on our, you know, radar in the last day, last week, maybe, maybe last month, I don't know. But we want to give it to you guys so you guys can dig deeper. Now, before we talk about it, of course, we need to talk about their sponsor. Today's gems are brought to you by Zencaster. Zencaster is our go-to tool for remote podcast recordings. What's great is that you can record separate audio and video tracks, and it's all backed up on a secured cloud, so you never lose your hard work. Even better, it's easy to use, and there's nothing to download. So go to zen.ai, that's Z-E-N dot A-I slash art of the beholder, or just use promo code art of the beholder and get 30% off your first three months with the pro account. Now back to the gems. Mine is, uh, mine's two. Mine is very far from, from literature, music and poetry. And that is with again, standup comedy, <laughs> huge standup fan. I just saw Nick Kroll's little big boy on oh, Netflix. Okay. And I've always been, um, I think I've always kind of followed Nick Kroll's career adjacent to um, Mr. Mulaney. I think I like him more than Yeah, I like um, John Mulaney. Yeah. I I I I've always really loved John Mulaney's uh, stand up and his work. And every time I tried to get into Nick Kroll, I was like, ah, it's it's okay. It's not not quite my cup of tea. And then I saw this. I was like, Oh, this is this really I really I, was I really connected with the stand up. Good. I was wondering if it was good or not. I was like, ah, it was the excellent. Same way. Good. I felt the I same way you did. I was like, yeah. ah, I Yeah, I was kinda like I don't, I don't, I didn't watch, I don't watch his animated show. I didn't watch, you know, when they, I forgot the name of the show. Big but Mouth. They, yeah, there's Big Mouth and they would, they, they, him and John Mulaney would play like old men and they would have. Hello to, there. Like, yeah, that one. <laughs> oh, I never got into that either. <laughs> but I was like, man, Nick Kroll, little big boy, really enjoyed your work. And then um, now I have the Star Wars reference for you, but not, it's, 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 it's an, go on the journey with me. It's an unexpected one because. I'm going to start by saying, I saw Tom Cruise's Top Gun, Colin Maverick, his new Top Gun okay. movie How yesterday. Was it? Okay. it was it was good. It was good. I can see why it made a trillion fucking dollars and everyone and their mom went and, got, went and see, saw it, especially for the third act. The third act was was excellent. That's where we actually finally got to the action and the fucking jets and shit. But um I, I take it you haven't watched it. Mm-mm, I have okay. seen. Well, maybe I'll sell it with this comment uh, because essentially the third act is a recreation of Star Wars, A New Hope. I'm shocked no one has talked about the movie in this. Wait, um, in the Maverick? Yeah. So, um, so, es- well, 
the storyline that is not literally the storyline almost beat by beat follows star wars a new hope so episode four when they got to the death star and they have to shoot torpedoes into this tiny little hole to blow up the big thing that's pretty much it because that me me, me and my wife started to joke about it it's like isn't this movie fucking star wars didn't they just copy star wars and she's like yeah no that no they did they definitely did. So I say go see it, but it is mm-hmm. essentially them shooting torpedoes into the Death Star at the end of the movie. Oh my God, I have to watch this now. Well, I was going to, I was talking to my best friend and I was like, oh, I'm going to talk about the Zolas. And then she's like, Philip already did that. Philip did like, talk about the Zolas, yeah. Fuck. But you can like, do, you can do, we've done two. We've done, uh, we've talked about. Um, I'll do another band, another. F- well, we'll just do it real quick. So Zola's okay. one, and then what's number two? Because um, we my, did it with Kendrick Lamar. We've talked about Kendrick Lamar's new album twice as gyms with two different people. Okay. So it's okay. The Zolas, yes. Um, all their albums are amazing. I got into them cool. recently, and I love, I love their stuff. They have a new song out called. Damn it. Okay, I'm not doing a great job. But the second we'll put one, it in the show notes, the liner yeah, notes. It'll the be second fine. one is um the electric. So my friend's band, really good. I would go check out the electric suns. Okay. They're on Spotify. Andrew and cool. Ben. They're like um, it's two of them, and then they also have um a drummer and a bassist. Sometimes they rotate them out. Um it's it's a little poppy, but it's it's beautiful. Really Andrew Andrew has a beautiful voice. They writes all the songs. They do a really great cover of Frank Ocean's a couple of Frank Ocean songs. Mm. So I would check them out. Just to remind y'all, if you anyone's ever been into George Michael, um <laughs> Oh please, yes. I have been a full hearted lover of him uh for a very long time. Go listen to one of his best albums of all time, and it's called Listen Without Prejudice. His record company didn't push the album enough, but it has like the newer version of like Freedom on there. It has, um, it also has um, Father Figure, Cowboys and Angels. There's like amazing. So go listen to that. Um, I got that on vinyl, and I flipped out when Rough Trade called me. It's like, hey this album's here for you. And I'm like, wait, you guys actually fucking ordered it. I didn't, I just told them, do you have it? They're like, no. And then they called me to, a week later. And so they got hmm. the album for me. It was destiny so, again. Yeah. Rough trade, man. They're fucking awesome. <laughs> I love that record vinyl company. All there right. There you go. There you go. Sorry. There's a lot of, no, gems. no, 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 I, no, we, there's, there's no limit. There's no rules. There's no rules. So Zola's electric sons. Listen to George Michael's listen without prejudice. There you go, guys. And if you like that, of course you can check out some of our stuff. Um, you can do on my end of the tracks. You can do it at NovadayProductions.com. There you'll find things like the Entropy Sessions, Post Meridium, Adulteration, Cancel Culture Lotto. Of course, more ads for this show. Check out our other shows. You can hear Miss Parsons uh, talk about some other stuff with us. So don't forget to like and subscribe and do all the things. You know the, you know what to fucking do. It's just internet etiquette at this point. If you like the thing, subscribe. Jesus Christ. And if you'd like to sponsor a little love child or we start adding this into our shows now. If you want to be on the show... You can reach out to us at novadaymedia at gmail.com. <laughs> now let's talk about the other the other side of the tracks. If you like anything, if you like the stuff we talk about, <laughs> let's talk about segue. Miss um, <laughs> Parsons, if they want to get a hold of you for your services, tell the good people how do they do that? Okay, so I'm a piece of shit and haven't updated my goddamn fucking website. Wait, no, wait. Time out, time out, time out. Oh, God. Have you, like, if someone goes to alexanderparsons.com, is it, 
can they still, actually um, it's still, it's still like down oh yeah it's okay just well i'm like, glad i did the instagram i'm glad i'm really glad i did the instagram handle in the intro then because that has everything on it anyway which is better it has like the link to the etsy um the instagram so alexandra underscore parsons okay so it has all IG. the things still yeah it has and they can still dm you if they want to i want to reconstruct my website anyway so uh, that's it's okay but i need to disguise. like i just um you know i'm a teacher full time please forgive me all i teach a bunch of third graders that are dyslexic i'm exhausted so okay. i just i we just forget you yeah, thank you. That's so, why you yes. have that Instagram. You know, we can get everything there and we can DM you if we want to hire you to uh, one of these days out of the blue. I'm like, Alexandra, I need you to help me design a new suit. Oh, one I'd of these days, I'm going to do that out of the blue. You won't see I would it love to do You'll that. You'll probably yeah. see it coming. I'm not going to. If anybody wants to hire me for costume work, I'm down to because oh. I've done that as well. Okay. Yeah. So. All right. So, uh, well, tell the good people. It's what's your Instagram handle? Psst. Alexandra underscore Parsons. Um, my Etsy is um, Alexandra Parsons Co. Co. So mm-hmm. you can see everything on my Instagram. I will be fixing my my. <laughs> I will be fixing my website. I just want to add all the movie stuff I've done as well. There you go. And just redesign it because it has some of like all my fashion stuff, but I want to add more of my art. Yeah. And everything. So yeah, you can hit me up. My you can email me on there or message or DM me with anything you need. So yeah, that's that's pretty much it. There you go, guys. Check her out. And until next time, be good to each other. And as always, good luck and Godspeed. We love you. Art of the Beholder is brought to you by Novo Day Productions. Created and hosted by Novo Day and the Novo Day Collective. Facebook.com slash Novo Day Media at Novo Day Media on Twitter and Instagram. Music by A Company. Facebook.com slash ACO Music 123, ACO on Spotify. Logo designed by Tom Justice, J E S T U S, of thejusticecompany.com, and executively produced by Clayton Anderson. All rights reserved. Not just raw dog and sex, the concert ticket industry specifically. They can go fuck themselves.